one. Someone else want to start today? <laughs> wow. Uh, Welcome to the Oasis podcast. Yeah, just do it super simple and calm. That would be funny. It gets the countdown, and they think you're about to start, and then you're just rubbing your eye. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else going this sleepy boy. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. What up, Oasis people? (laughs) Yeah, we just talked about starting really calm and gentle, and then I went at it, and then he counted down really fast. You probably won't get. That's okay. It was surprising. You don't need all the behind the scenes. You just. That's why we have in front of the scenes. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about unity in the church today, a topic we are all passionate about, and I'm really excited to actually get in the material. But of course, <laughs> why would we not do uh, an awesome question before? If you Potentially could, divisive question. Maybe. If you could unify the whole world <laughs> around something, Besides Jesus, obviously, we're going to talk about that. What would your unifying yeah. thing mm-hmm. be? The Holy Spirit. Besides God in any person. God in any person of the Trinity? Yes. You, you got to go first. I'm excited for you. <laughs> go for you it. You ready? Dylan's yeah. not in the room, which is a bummer, but uh. egg salad sandwich. No. Uh-oh. 100%. Everybody Uh-oh. on board for egg salad sandwich. Uh-oh. The other day, my mom, I came, I went back to Sioux Falls and she cooked supper and she said, I'm making egg salad and chicken salad. And I just was so sad. <laughs> You know, because sometimes you go home and you're like, this is going to be a home-cooked meal. It's going to be so good. My mom and dad, they're <laughs> great still cooks. cooked. <laughs> I know, but then she said egg salad. and But she made chicken salad and low-key, I liked it. There you go. But I, the egg salad still chicken was trash. Salad the egg salad different. still was trash. Chicken salad and egg salad are different things. I'm going to call your mom right now and tell her you said her egg salad was trash. Well, I think my sister made it, but that's okay. Either <laughs> way. I didn't actually try it. It just looked gross, so I didn't I didn't go for you're it. You're just strongly against it. But salad. I like hard-boiled eggs. It's the same thing. No, it's not. It's you the just mayonnaise. Add a little mayonnaise. No, and not a little it. mayonnaise. That's the problem. Oh, is egg salad's got a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah, I like, I like the mayonnaise. And I can eat mayonnaise in moderate amounts, but I don't okay, want it so as the mayonnaise main. is really. The what about issue Miracle Whip? That's I don't worse. Know. I don't know. Mayonnaise is better than. Okay, are you serious though? Egg salad sandwiches. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> she's just saying it to get on your skin. Ben, what what would you say? Uh, probably Sabbath. Oh, he what? Would, he would go see. Get outside. This is supposed to be fun. Move your brain away from eliminating hustle and hurry. Still serious. He doesn't get a third one. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good ones, Ben, but you're ruining the fun. <laughs> That's what it would be. Mine would be uh, that everyone should have to take a test before they have a kid. Take a test? To, like, yeah. to be able to have a child. Test? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a pregnancy oh. test. <laughs> I didn't know what kind of test you were talking about, man. Like a parenting a, test. A special test. To yeah. be able sure to have a child. Yeah, good like, and clean. And ooh, <laughs> do I need to take this test? I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want that test. That was my... <laughs> But okay, he needs like a pain. You have to pee on the stick. Wow. Yeah. You might find out you have prostate. What, what's 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 true. question number that. one? I did hear that. What's yeah. what's question number one on Ben's parenting test? Hypothetically. Oh man. Like um, it is the premier question. No, top not of the premier. Pa- no, top of the no, page. No, number one doesn't mean the most yes, important. Yes, it does. No, <laughs> ever. Yes, I've never wrote a test in my life, but that's what it makes sense to me. <laughs> Why you do you want to have a child? Yeah. Why? I think that's a great question. Why? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yep. If anybody wants to answer out there, feel free to drop a comment below. <laughs> Why do you want to have Why a child? Why do you want to have a child? <laughs> Everyone, every male should have to have a vasectomy immediately. Wow. And then you get it reversed when you pass the test. Wow. Hot take number We're one. We're gonna get some I was crazy okay with, comments. Yeah, I was I was today. okay with the I was okay with the test. I'm no longer on board with this unity topic. <laughs> I'm just trying to unify me, us around cha- one thing. I'm changing the topic. Vasectomies for all. I, I would say I would unify people around Oh gosh. I mean, I wanna say soccer. 
Oh, but the world close. is already unified. That's almost the number. That, yeah. that's and America is like on the up. It is going up. So I, I maybe I'll just keep that. I don't think it'll ever get there in America yeah. fully. That's but okay. it's it, it doesn't quite Pretty have good. The, the punch, the excitement no. that Not when you have American football, like it football. Just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, soccer. How goes that? That's good. Unify the world. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> cool story though is like when I've gone on mission trips to Haiti and Africa. I'm in these third world countries in places that well, Kenya in Africa was the small village that was third world. <laughs> like not all of Africa is a third world country. I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, that's good. But uh, when I was there, like. We play, I played soccer with a lot of people there, and it was so cool because yeah. like mm-hmm. what I was passionate about, they were passionate about, and there was unity there. And that will segue into this. <laughs> As we talk about unity in the church, I want to start by addressing what we mean by the church because I think it can be confusing mm-hmm. if we start to unify as this group of people that we haven't yet even identified. So what would we say is the church as a refresher to people who... Yeah, you just got to start immediately. It's not a building, which is immediately, I'm going to go to church. We say, we're going to go to a worship service in a building, Um, not an organization, not even a congregation. It's built around the reality that the people who have faith in Jesus, that's the church. Mm -hmm. And we don't even mean a church. Not a, the The church. church. Everyone who has faith in Jesus. All the people who have faith in Jesus. And the cool part about that, the church language, is it actually goes past, present, future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which people don't even think they that we're we're really present minded people, and so well sometimes we get anxious about future stuff, but we <laughs> sometimes are present minded. But it's it's past present future church, all yep. Christians of all time. But it's also despite location, theology, theology. and label. Yep, that if someone has faith in Jesus, and we would say that's, I mean, we're going to get into the nuance of some of this, but yeah. the correct Jesus, they know who Jesus is as the Son of God and the risen the risen Lord. Right. Then we can have unity as the church there. Yeah. Now let's define mm-hmm. unity. Let's go there. What would we say that is? Yeah. Unity is uh, a very, very simplistic definition. Unity is being one. Um, and so unity in the church is being one in Christ. And so we can look to Ephesians 4, is it verse 5, Ben? Yeah. You can confirm. Um, do you have it pulled up? Yeah. It's, it? it's There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And just like this idea, one Lord. So unity is one Lord. The Lord is Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. One faith, it's expression of of lordship that Jesus is Lord and King. One baptism, and not in mode, not in method, and just mm-hmm. the simple idea that baptism baptism is the outward expression of your inner faith. Yep. That's it. So however however that happens, there's a lot of differences about that. Totally. It's just that baptism yeah. is an important aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, and then one God and Father. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how Paul, Paul in Ephesians four, he's like, as he's talking about, here's how you need to be unified in the body, which we'll we'll talk about later, but this is what unity is. He defines it. And then here's how you need to go about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like the simplicity of that definition of unity. Unity is simply just being one, Mm -hmm. you know, because we will dive into some of the nuance of this as we go through the podcast, but really we are trying to be exactly what Paul has talked about here in Ephesians four. We want to be one people, Mm -hmm. uh, all, all under the the umbrella of Jesus's headship. Yeah. But that feels confusing, and it also feels impossible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. in the world we currently live in, I looked up the stat, there are over 45,000 denominations currently. That's crazy. Within the denominations. I don't even think I can name, like, 50. I definitely couldn't name 50. I could I get close. I down, but I it, it, it gets close. so crazy. 45,000. Like, well, there's 45,000 because there's Baptist, and then right. there's a thousand yeah. versions of Baptist. Correct. You yeah. know, like, or, so that's why it gets kind of crazy. Well, even but, in, in our world... Wesleyan, Wesleyan, United Methodist, Free Methodist, yeah. Free Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like nonstop. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But you can even break it down more. So there's these denominations, which denominations are groups of churches surrounded or are connected with similar theology and structure and organization. Yeah. But within mm-hmm. the denomination, there are churches that can't seem to agree. 
Now we'll even break that down farther. And within churches, the local <laughs> gathering of people, there are people who can't agree. Yeah. So it, it's like unity has never felt farther away. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, we, we like to heighten our experience as compared to the past. Like, I'm sure you can look at all of church history and, and argue that there was other moments of greater disunity. Yeah. But right now, it feels like unity has never been farther away. And like, because of that, there probably isn't a time where unity has been more needed as the church. Let's talk about that. Yeah. What would it look like for a church to become unified in today's climate and culture? I think, well... <sighs> I think it would drastically change one how, and we'll talk about this a little bit. I drastically change how the world would see the, see Jesus yes. and mm-hmm. see the church, but just the reality that it's, it's so needed today because of the world in general. And, and all we talk about this a lot, just in, in staff and here at Grace Point, the reality that what COVID did was just bring out everything that was already wrong. That was at the surface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so was the world divided before COVID-19 on a lot of issues? Yes. Why does it seem so more now? Yeah. Now everything just became more aggressive. Yeah. Everything became heightened. Because honestly, all, all I think, and I, I don't know, it became heightened because I think we just got more real. Mm. I think we stopped being so uh, PC. If that's okay. a, a little bit. Yeah. A little and bit. And by PC, you mean politically correct. Yes. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. I stopped being ki- kind. Because yeah. ultimately what was within me just was going to blow out. It was something about it's isolation like, where we're oh, like, yeah. well, I'm done. <laughs> I don't have to see the person I'm going to yep. tell this. Thing. So I'll just send the email and, and I'll click the text, dude, you know, and like I'll say the, the things, thing. man. And so I think there's just, there could be, there is something beautiful. And I mean, you look even back in the garden and, and where sin came, like Satan wants to divide. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. the destroyer of all things. So the greatest thing that he's going to go to when it attacks within the church, within followers of Jesus, within denominations, within the church, the whole universal church, yeah. is how can I get them divided because of what we'll talk about later of what Jesus prayed for us. Oh, I mean, John 10, 10. Yeah. When he comes to steal, steal kill, and kill, destroy, and destroy. Yes. we forget what he's steal, killing, and destroying. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't steal, kill, and destroy the things that are bad in our life because that's usually what we attach to the enemy. It's mm-hmm. like all of these bad things happening to me are from him. No, he yeah. he steals the good things. Yep. He mm-hmm. kills the good things. He yep. wants to take the good things. So Even like, like, yeah, sorry, the unity that uh, we want to experience yeah. as the Christ, that's what he's trying to steal because he doesn't want us to have that full life that yep. Jesus is promising. He was trying to separate yeah. Adam and Eve from God and telling them, no, this is actually really what God said about the fruit. Even then when God came, Sin, what sin does is it separates us. All of a sudden, the man's like, "Oh, she, the one that you gave me did it." Mm. It's just mm. like yeah, that is what si- blame. That is what sin does. Disunity does. And I think when man, if we could actually be a people who came together, I think we would see a drastic change in the world, not just within the church. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, Definitely. just the whole world feels at odds right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels like everywhere you yeah, go, someone's is. passionate about something and they don't agree with someone else, and they're mad about it. Like, <laughs> and what would it mean? for the church and for the kingdom, if God's people came together and they said, no, we're going to be unified yeah. in this time. We're in this series here at the church right now called Different, where we're studying the book of First Peter, looking how we're supposed to be a radically different people. Yeah. We are supposed to stand out like a sore thumb yeah. in the midst of the world we live in. And unity right now would stand out like a sore mm-hmm. thumb. Huge. Like, unbelievably. Because it's not anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Let's change mm-hmm. a little bit, and let's talk about even more specifically what we mean about unity. Because the temptation is when people hear the word unity, they they hear one, and so yeah. they tag in this idea of uniformity. Yeah. yeah. But that's not at all what we mean. Because uniformity says everyone needs to be the same. That's not what we're advocating for. Mm-hmm. We're advocating for unity in the church. And unity needs says that everybody needs to be about the same thing. Yeah. We are all about Jesus, but as the church, you are going to have so many different expressions of what it looks like to be about Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Not uniformity. That is not at all. Don't hear that's what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about unity. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Like, what is the differences between like unity and uniformity? Because we have all these different denominations and we have all these different differences. Is that okay? Where do mm-hmm. these come from? How would we talk about that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we would say that we actually affirm denominations and differences of churches for a variety of reasons. The biggest reason for that is that in scripture, there are gray out gray areas about different things that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to, in unity, hold the doctrinal, the core, the basics of faith the same, but some of those other gray area things in scripture um, can be different. So things like communion and how we go about it and what exactly it stands for. Baptism, like Ben has already mentioned. Church leadership, what, how was that supposed to be structured and set up? It, that's gray in scripture. Women in mm-hmm. ministry, free will versus predestination, and, and there's so many other topics that um, can get into methodology and and how we do that and how that's expressed and how that's lived out that can be different. And one's not necessarily always better than the other. And we also recognize that we are people who are all created uniquely and differently in the image of God. And so my differences are just as important from or my things that are different than yours mm. are just as important and vice versa. And God has given us those to us. And so when we bring those aspects of our unique individuality into the church, so good. those differences are, are real and valuable and that's okay. Yeah. It's a matter of still being unified in the midst of those differences. Yeah. That's so good. And, so good. And when we look at those gray areas, like you addressed, mm-hmm. I think it gives people, I think it can give people a good, a good foothold of what is not gray. Yeah. And the the what we point you to is probably just the Apostles' Creed, the most common one. The most yeah. common yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Like if that you're looking, kind of yes. If yeah. you're looking for a, a set of a statement of beliefs, beliefs or doctrine, yeah, doctrine mm-hmm. that says this is what the ecumenical, the global church mm-hmm. should be on board with. It's the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. It came mm-hmm. together. Oh, I'm gonna butcher my the first ecumenical council. Mm, I don't remember. Uh, it was you guys, you guys will check. Nicene but, was Trinity. Anyways, it, it came together right at the beginning of church history where these, this, all these people you came. <laughs> you, you can if you want, but all these, okay. these prominent figures in the church came together and they made these decisions on like, yeah, who is Jesus? Was he divine or was he, was he just a man? Was he just a prophet? They made a decision. They talked about the Trinity. They talked about just these different huge things and they came up with the Apostles' Creed and this has directed and governed the church pretty much for church history. So there's some of the places we would say is not really a gray area. What's another way that people differ or that denominations are? Okay. I lost where we're at. (laughs) Uh, I mean, in in passions. Um, So things that people are passionate about, uh, whether that's reaching people, evangelizing, equipping people to uh, do the work of God, whether it's missions or service or holiness or being engaged with the Holy Spirit. Those are a lot of different things that usually divide the church in in what they maybe focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are passions and those are all important. Mm. And when we are unified as the church, as one large church, it gives space for each of those to be addressed differently in local church and local denomination. Um, And so they could be different and we don't, we in unity, we don't say, well, my particular passion is better than your passion yeah. or you're wrong, yeah. but it says there's a place for each of us in this. That's good. Yeah. So good. And that's like, th- that. that's spot on because if we all have the same passion, mm-hmm. then we're neglecting other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we can all differ in passion and we can all hit these key areas which God has gifted us and mm-hmm. called us to, then you hope there's a more well-rounded church yeah. across human history mm-hmm. and across the world. Yeah. It so, actually super. helps us serve each other well too. Yeah. It yeah. should, mm-hmm. should, I should say, mm-hmm. where it's like what we don't have other ones have. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Otherwise, the last thing we would maybe add here is there's just a lot of different methods for going about 
reaching people and teaching people. Mm-hmm. That at Oasis, just specifically, we kind of hold three things as our method for reaching and teaching people. We have Sunday nights, which we gather as a large group. We have our small groups, which we gather in little pockets all over communities and neighborhoods and homes and houses and here at the church. And then we have events yeah. where we gather people together to serve and to learn and to connect and to worship. Like These are the three ways that we have chosen as staff, as as the church in the last 17 years that Oasis has been a thing. This is what we've chosen as our method. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only way. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so there's so many other ways yeah. out there for people to teach the word of God, for people to learn what it looks like to to be a Jesus father, for them to reach other people. And so yeah, we're passionate about what we do. Yep. I mean, you should be passionate about what you do. If if you're not, I think you're in the wrong space. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. but I don't affirm in any idea that says this is the perfect way. Yep. People yeah. are like, Well, Oasis produces consumers because you have a large group on Sunday night. It's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yep. But right now, that's the method we find is yep. really effective in helping our people to hear large amounts of scripture and yeah. be able to learn to love love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, small groups can create clicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it totally yeah. can. Because why people are living in community and there's people isolated from that community, yeah. whether they've chosen to or whether they just don't feel included. So no, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. probably not the best way. I don't think there's a silver bullet for reaching people and teaching people. Yep. But this is what we're doing right now. And so we we use the sta- statement where it's like, we hold fast to our mission yeah. and we let the method change as needed. Yep. So our mission at Grace, at Grace Point and that we affirm through Oasis is that we want people to encounter grace, grow in grace and give grace. Yeah. So right now through our three things, whether it's Sunday nights, small groups or events, yeah. We are about all three of those, and they they fit in that mission. Yeah. And so in the future, mm-hmm. it might look different. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. As long as we're still about encountering, growing, and giving grace. Yep. Yeah. Anything to add there? Yeah. A lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all good things. It's, it's even the phrase, maybe not even the best way, and I, I agree with you. There's not a best way. There's your way. Yeah. But even in that, or there's the organization way, there's the, the church's way, there's the ministry's way. Yeah. That is like, are you just ultimately... Do you believe you as a follower of Jesus and then as a ministry, as an organization, as a church, are you just doing faithfully what God's asked you to do? Yes. That Then that's the best way. Mm-hmm. That is your best way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime I face critique yeah. for our method here at yeah. Oasis is I have to come back to that. Where it's like, I see that ministry or that leader doing it differently. Mm-hmm. And in my soul, I have to ask, am I still being faithful yeah. to what I feel like God has asked me to do? Yeah. And if I can say yes to that question, then I can set aside their critique. Yeah. I don't want to throw it out. If they have something valuable to say, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about why that's important. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's not of value to me because I'm still trying to be faithful to what God has asked me yep. to do, then, then I have to set it aside because I have my eyes focused on Jesus mm-hmm. trying to pursue him in the way that he's asked me to. Uh, I think there was one other thing I wanted to say there, but... Oh, it was a joke because people will write all these books or you'll get leadership people out there that will say, this is the master's plan. Oh my gosh. Uh, Master plan of evangelism. Yeah. The master's plan for making disciples. And it's like, come on, you don't know exactly what got, how got, like my favorite is the book that came out before COVID was done on how to have church after COVID. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You don't know. How you have to do church post COVID. Yeah. I mean. How to do church in the future. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) It's like we had a time we have a joke we had a joke on staff this last week where someone went to a conference during COVID virtually of course and uh, <laughs> someone at the conference was saying live church is dead done the future get is done. all online church yep. get on VR and then they were like I don't think so <laughs> and now here we are it's like hundreds driving? of people thousands like, of people well. gathering still yeah it's like <laughs> I don't know if they were spot on with that and but they were passionate about they were super it, you know? passionate about and it and for them that maybe is the that yep. is the method yep but it's not the method for everyone and well, that's even- okay. Like I'm a part of this cohort thing with other churches who are trying to do multiplication, mm-hmm. um, whether it's church plant, like, and, and even in that, that whole word, like there are 
a million millions not right but a lot of different ways to do multiplication yes you have church plants but even in church plants there's like seven different ways to do a church plant mm -hmm. we do an aspect with something that's called network church so i'm going to three different locations over the next six months to learn how they do church hmm. how they do multiplication how they do networking how they do church plants in their context yep. which may not translate even close to how we're going to do it but i'll learn yeah and i'll affirm and in that and in mm -hmm. that it's like maybe something can be taken on yeah. how we are trying to approach doing multiplication and church playing stuff like that mm -hmm. but even there it's like so go even going to be a part of it it's like i don't know if anything i'm going to learn or or, or or see i can actually take and implement mm -hmm. but it's still good yeah mm -hmm. like it's still good because they're doing what again they've been called to do in their context where yeah. they're at yeah as we as we transition let's just focus on Differences are okay, yeah, and they can even be healthy. I think super healthy. Yeah. But unity in Christ is the goal, yeah, not uniformity. Yeah, like we're just reiterating that. Mm -hmm. How would we go about now as we continue to advocate for unity? People who sit here, we're obviously mm -hmm. passionate about it. We love unity. We want unity in the church. How would we tell others to join us in yeah. advocating for unity? Yeah, I mean the first and the most important <laughs> thing that we say all the time, um, but is prayer. Um, and so what? The, I know, right? So simple. And yet sometimes we write it off, but the most, the most valuable thing that we can do to promote unity is to pray for one another. Mm -hmm. um, and we can look at the example of Paul. Um, and as he writes his letters in Romans and, and Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians to all of these different churches, he continually over and over again, encourages them and says, I have prayed for you. Mm -hmm. And that in the process of him uh, helping these churches grow, the biggest thing he does is pray for those churches, for their leaders, for the people that are within them. Yeah. And one of the cool things about that is Paul probably had a church that was his favorite or I that mean, he liked I more. I bet we could d discern actually really yeah. easily which one his which favorite one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was Timothy? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Paul is he, uh, ben is talking about Ephesus. The church in Ephesus was amazing. It was incredible. It was, yeah. it was, it was in there, a city that was the hub of all of Asia Minor. And and there was hardship there. Oh, huge. I mean, when you read First and Second Timothy, there was struggle there, but... But then read Doesn't the letters. Matter, it's like yeah. But sorry. then read, read the read the letters of First, Second Corinthians, and that <sighs> church Looked is a mess. Hard. Seemed hard. It, it seemed hard. They, seemed hard. They they felt like they didn't get anything right. And Paul, <laughs> they they talk about this journey that Paul made maybe between the two letters, where he shows up and there's nothing but like he's just disappointed and like downtrodden and like he, it, it's just a terrible visit for him, is what, what scholars believe. But. That that was probably a harder. And he church. still affirms them in the letter. Yeah. If you read it, sorry, go ahead. Yes, he like, still loves yeah, them. Yeah, he yes. still cares for them. Yeah, and here it is, First Corinthians one. Yeah, he's still praying Prayed for them. Yeah, even though he was like, "Oh, you guys are not doing any of this right." You know, <laughs> like you don't have unity. You're you're all sexually immoral. Like <laughs> like you don't know what it means to worship. Like you don't love. Yeah, the, like. They didn't oh, get it right, but he still prayed for them. You don't love mm -hmm. each other. And the example for us was just last week, we had, uh, maybe it's two weeks ago when this comes out, we had an all-campus prayer walk where we got together as different campus ministries and we joined at the Campanile and it poured rain on us. Mm -hmm. And we still had an awesome group of people mm -hmm. still up from different leaders and different students who are just saying, hey, can we pray for one another? So and can good. we pray for this campus and for this community that Jesus would come and do a work here? Yeah. Like, yeah. yes. We were all, I, that idea got pitched and it was like, how can we do this as quickly and as as possible? Like, so good. we need to do this. And it was awesome. That's awesome. One thing that we're praying continues to happen, even beyond just a prayer walk. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's another thing we would say? 
I think it goes right into it, supporting and encouraging one another. Hebrews 10, 24, let's consider how we spur one another on towards loving good deeds. I mean, Paul even affirms that in Ephesians. He says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Yeah, like, be, like mm-hmm. you encourage each other, you support each other because you love each other. You want, mm-hmm. you want to be united? Love each other. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. stop encouraging each other. Don't stop supporting each other. And mm-hmm. it's it just, like, that is huge. Um, I, I think it's one of the greatest ways again, that the early church did so stinking well. Mm-hmm. There, Tim Keller has a message, uh, a lot of messages. Uh, <laughs> but I heard him say, and I don't know if it's an article or an actual sermon, and he said something along the lines of like what the early church got so right and why it didn't need to be in power politically mm-hmm. or, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, or yeah. even regionally, um, uh, why, why it stayed and increased because they did a lot of things right but four specific things he calls out one of them was sympathy like they were sympathetic toward one another which ultimately is there's a forgiveness aspect they supported each other even when there were faults Mm -hmm. they loved each other and encouraged each other well even when things were going like when they were being persecuted aggressively even when they didn't agree another thing was like they were generous to one another yeah like crazy generous to one another right so I don't just the support and encouraging one another is huge yeah and yeah let's just keep rolling with Well, well actually why don't you talk a little bit about what you guys do as youth? What we do as youth. Just like, like with, with your connections across. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. In our uh, district, so the Northwest District of the Wesleyan Church, which spans like all of yeah, it's like eight states, upper right? Midwest and it's the upper nation West. now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like very large. Um, but, but one of the really cool things that I have loved being a part of this district is the way that our youth pastors in this district come together mm-hmm. to work together. And we come together and we plan our camp and we put it on every summer. And so, um, that's a lot different than I think what a lot of people are doing in camp right now. You have a camp director and then they have their staff, but this is like, us. We as youth pastors, as various churches from multiple different states with different students come together and say, okay, how can we love and serve each other? Mm-hmm. And then out of that just being something we do together once a year, now we have relationship and connection that we can love and support each other. And so it's just things as simple as like when I was looking at how to develop a new student leadership plan for this year, I called up one of the youth pastors in Sioux Falls and said, hey, what are you doing? Like, what does this look like for yeah. you? Or we've called, you know, a youth pastor out in Wyoming and said, hey, what, like, what are you guys doing? What is like working for you and to get idea and to support and to love and care. And we have a Facebook message group where we chat sometimes and there's constant communication yeah. and just prayer for each other. And so yeah. it can be as simple as that of just having the relationship and encouraging. And, and yeah, we're in the same denomination and, and the same belief system and doctrinal yeah. system at that that uh, way. But we do things a lot differently yeah. in our different different contexts, context. different methods. Yeah. Well, even like how easy would it be for jealousy to creep in? Yeah. Because I see the the success you're having and I see the amount of mm-hmm. students you have and I, and I hear about your awesome event. Oh, like, you have this budget? Oh, yeah. No yeah, wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. jealousy and just <laughs> yeah. like lack of encouragement could yeah. creep in so Super quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe for some it does, but that that's just like, that's the beauty of what I think it, it, it means to come together and to encourage one another. Yeah. But also you're mm-hmm. talking about how you help one yeah, another. Like so, that's... That's the next thing we'll talk about is just equipping and helping one another. Hebrews 13, 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Yeah. For me, this reminds me of right now, there's a campus ministry who they just need help with people teaching, like just mm-hmm. based on their staffing and where they're at right now, they, they just have reached out to different. And so Ben and I and Aaron here at the church, they, we've all gotten to speak there mm-hmm. and just be able to help them in a yeah. way. And it's mm-hmm. not that all of us are like the speakers. They didn't 
hire us out yeah. and get, you know they just they said hey we're in need would you help yeah. and so we got to bring our giftings and our intellect to the table to be able to bring encouragement to them yeah. mm-hmm. and in vice versa oasis doesn't do a ton over the summer and so a ministry leader came to me and said hey we do this thing over the summer that i think your students or, or your young people would be really um, interested in yeah. what, what do you think about that and i was like that sounds amazing yeah. Let's put two and two together. You're already doing something well. Rather than me try to reinvent the wheel and maybe do what you do half as good, yeah. I will just plug your yep. thing and let your your yep. my people yeah. work with you. Like yep. it's just mm-hmm. we're helping one another. That's yeah. it, it, even in Watertown right now. Yeah, like mm-hmm. LETC, like Area Tech College. Like there's three or four different campus ministries that are kind of coming together and like one kind of hosts the large group, one kind of like uh, uh, spearheads the small group mm-hmm. one kind of spearheads I was like and they're all just working together on a smaller mm-hmm. campus yeah. so just like recognizing like not one of us because not one of us is big enough or whether that matters or not yeah. it's like not one of us can do all these things well it's like mm-hmm. but hey you do this well you do this well how do we help each other yeah. serve each yeah. other it's so, so, cool. so cool let's talk about this last one one of the last ways we would ar- advocate for you to I mean there's probably a thousand more but like one of the last <laughs> ways we would advocate for you to go for unity is to healthily challenge one another yeah. What do we mean by that? Uh, Galatians 6.1.2, and then also just in the Ephesians, Ephesians text, but uh, Galatians, Ephesians text. Yeah. I think I said Ephesians sex, but oh. that's my own I didn't brain. That we'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not editing. Galatians 6.1.2, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, and you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. There's a reality of just like... Unity doesn't mean perfection. No. Nope. Unity doesn't mean everything is great. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is perfect. If you're sitting there thinking, well, my ministry gets it all right. It's like, oop, <laughs> yeah. you oh, are yeah. now the problem right. with yes. your ministry. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one does this all yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between like recognizing trying to recognize, man, what is actually sin, what is not. Mm. A method is not sin. Mm. Gray areas and theological differences is not sin. Yep. Mm. I think are we gentle and humble and patient and loving toward people and to each other? If not, I think you call that out as probably sin, yep. but how do we do that gently mm-hmm. because we're for each other. Mm-hmm. And I would even say like Paul goes on to say, um, so he says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults out of love. And he says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit because uh, you yourself are uh, binding yourselves together in peace. That idea of like, how do I challenge each other? It's cause I actually want unity. So I'm going to make every effort uh, in being united in the spirit to have unity. Yeah. So I'm going to make every effort not to be aggressive, just to be aggressive, not to challenge because they're doing it wrong. It's like, no, because I love you. I'm for you. And how do I be patient and gentle in the challenge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like make every effort to be united is what Paul says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. I, and then I think about the sermon on the Mount and Jesus, when he says, take the log out of your own eye before you try to take the speck <laughs> yeah. out of someone else's. And, and I think that's just good added value here. When we look at what it looks like to, challenge another ministry where it says, Hey, I don't know if you're doing evangelism right. Or I don't know if you're doing this right. And I actually see this disunity in you. And there might be sin in this place where it's like, Oh, did we examine those same questions within ourselves? Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Did we ask those about our ministry before we went and poked at another one? Because if we haven't, then we're not living in the command of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. Because mm. your ministry might have this huge speck or this huge log in, in their eye is what Jesus said. Like this huge glaring thing that you aren't seeing mm-hmm. while poking at something else from a different one. Good? Yeah. yeah. Ready to move Super on? Super good. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Jesus's prayer in John 17 as we start to wrap up. Get it. You want me to go for it? Go yeah. for it. Jesus has this prayer in John 17. Probably one of my favorite passages of text. That's I great. say that a lot, but I really like 
passages of text. Uh, <laughs> and in the end of that, he he prays for future believers. And this is what he says. He says, my prayer is not is not for them alone. I also pray for all of those who will believe in their message and that in them they may be one. Father, just as I am in you and you are in me, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they might be brought to complete unity. It's like Jesus gets poetic on us. <laughs> then he finishes and he says, Then the world, then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as I have loved them. Like that, that's the beauty, right? Like Jesus is saying, if they can have unity, that's what he is. It, we get a peek into Jesus's prayer life and he's praying for the future church. He is praying for us as believers. And when he prayed, he wanted unity because he said, if they can have unity, They'll see the fruit of the kingdom. Other people will get to see that and they'll know. There was there was power already in Jesus' yeah. prayer about what would come in the future. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Last last big question we'll ask mm-hmm. is some of the times when it comes to not having unity, it's because Christians will look at another group of Christians and say they're living in false teaching, false teachers, or yeah. false gospels. So it's like, I can't support that version of Jesus. I can't support what they teach about this or this because it's false. And we label that as a false gospel or a false teaching that we're, they're leading people astray. Mm-hmm. What would we respond back to that for someone who thinks about in that, in that sense? I, well, the challenge is, can you at least try to be self-aware enough to know if this is just a preference thing or actually mm. a false gospel thing? Or a false teaching thing. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, even in my own self, like I've noticed like, man, I didn't, I get judgy if, if, and I have to catch myself. And a lot of it is even pre-work. So say coming to a worship service, right? Just coming into a Sunday congregation, mm-hmm. especially if I'm going to visit somewhere, something like that. Um, or even here, it's like Sunday morning, I do prep for my own self. Like, what is the real purpose of why I'm here? Yep. Is mm-hmm. it for me or not? Because when I, when I have when I don't do that, all of a sudden I come in with a mindset of this is for me, and then when something happens based off a of preference or a teaching or a style that's like I don't like that, I get really judgy, and all of a sudden it's like that's wrong. It's like no, that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. It just more so was based off like did I do I like it or not, mm-hmm. preference wise or not. Yeah. Like how they shared the gospel was like really bad, mm-hmm. but that was just a preference thing more than anything. Yeah, and sometimes it's like I don't know if that was the best way, but <laughs> the gospel got shared. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's just even in knowing my own self and insecurities and preferences and stuff. Yeah. So your first question would be: Is it actually is it, a false? Is it actually false, yeah. man? Do you is it is it a preference that or is it just not? They didn't do it a way that you liked or not. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And then so a lot of that we judge based off of what does scripture actually teach say. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it goes into like, okay, if if it's not sitting right with me, is it because not only do I maybe not just like it, but am I insecure about my own ministry or my own pursuit of Jesus? Yeah. That I see someone up there really passionately proclaiming the gospel, and I'm like, and you just start to think, well, they're just trying to be emotionally manipulative. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Are they just passionate about the gospel, and yeah. I'm jealous because I don't have that same passion? Yep. Oh, uh, they're, they're, they're growing as a ministry, and we get insecure, and it's like, my, my ministry's not growing, and yeah. they're probably not actually preaching the real gospel. They're, they're just lowballing it so that people can come in and get the Sunday feel good and then they can leave. They're not actually asking people to invest their life to pick up their cross to follow Jesus. Like, But we start to diminish what God is doing in different places because we feel insecure or we feel just about our own ministry settings. Yeah. Any, what else would you guys yeah. think is there? Like, I feel like there's other struggles in that as we look at the excuses people have for not pursuing unity. I feel like insecurity jealousy is at the top of okay. the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just, I think it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Or it is legitimately like, uh, do I really believe that I know everything? Mm. That I have like it perfectly pride. right? Pride. Yeah. yeah. Just the other yeah. side of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. If there is false teaching, if there is gospels that are being proclaimed that aren't true, they should be addressed. Mm-hmm. That those people are speaking on behalf of Jesus. But we will come back to the same place of Galatians 6. We'll come back to the same place of 1 Peter 3 that will say, do it directly, do it clearly, and do it gently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, love is this idea, 1 Corinthians 13, that we will bear with one another, that we will walk with one another, that we will care with one another, that we won't be self-seeking. Yeah. So I will go into that place and I will try to assume the best about you. Yeah. That you're actually not doing that to yep. lead people astray. That yep. maybe you mm-hmm. don't know. Yep. Maybe you don't know the gospel. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know clear teaching on that area. Like yep. you didn't actually try to lead people astray and you don't go behind people's backs yep. and start gossiping mm-hmm. and slandering in private conversations as you sit at coffee shops and you're like, that pastor said that thing or mm-hmm. that ministry pulled off that event. And, and we start to, to seed dissent. See, yeah. yep. We like we plant all of these different yep. hateful messages because we think someone's a false teacher or we think they preached a false gospel, but that's not actually helping the church thrive. Yeah. yeah. That if that person affirms, tries to be a part of the church, they are representing Jesus. Yep. If the, if they're teaching things that are wrong, you should go to them. Yeah. And you should try to incur and challenge them, but do it gently and patiently. patiently. Humbly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The example we just want to paint for you is if I'm really passionate about Acts 18 lately. It's another <laughs> passage of scripture I really love. It's also love. one of his favorite passages <laughs> of scripture. <laughs> but there, what do you think of John 15? I love John 15. <laughs> Should just keep a list Matthew, of all the things Matthew he says. Matthew 4. I favorite. love Matthew 4. <laughs> what do you think of the Gospel of Mark? <laughs> I do love the Gospel of Mark. I love the book of Acts too. Anyways, besides the point, in Acts 18, we have this couple we're introduced to, Priscilla and Aquis- Aquila. I heard this pastor say that Priscilla Uh-oh. and Aquila is probably the only biblical marriage we get a picture of. And I was like, I honestly think so. Hmm. Oh, we don't. We, we get, don't get a lot of. We don't get examples. We get yeah. teachings, but we don't yeah. get. Exa- and yep. Priscilla and Aquila are put on the scene here, and they play this minor role all over the New Testament. It is insane. Mm-hmm. They are literally everywhere in every book: Ephesians, uh, Timothy, yeah, uh, Romans. Lifted up a ton. All the time, oh, Paul is always shouting out these two people. So they are really important. The part of Acts eighteen that I love is they come onto the scene, and they're in Ephesus. I think at this time, yeah. And they see this guy named Apollos. And Apollos is preaching and he's teaching and he's really skilled. He's really charismatic. People are drawn to him. They say he's really wise and intellectual, but he doesn't have a whole picture of the gospel. That in some ways he doesn't even know the Jesus that he's preaching about. Mm -hmm. And so Priscilla and Aquila are are sitting there as people who have known Jesus, who they've they've supported and encouraged Paul. They've actually walked with him in ministry. They've left Corinth and they've come to Ephesians to help plant the church there. And they'll walk alongside Timothy there. And they see him. And what do they do? No, they they go into the coffee shop and they start to say, oh, that Apollos guy, he doesn't know. Or like Mm -hmm. they start to like write emails or write letters or post theses or, 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 or slander. No. Priscilla and Aquila, it says they take him aside. And they start to teach him the way of Jesus. So good. That there's this older couple who will walk alongside this young, charismatic, gifted leader and tell him, this is who Jesus is. And he walks away from that place. And throughout the rest of the New Testament, you see pretty much three characters as like the big the big three. Peter, Paul, and Apollos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it starts here with this guy who was encouraged and challenged and, 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 re- and in some ways rebuked, but rebuked yeah. in a healthy way by right. this couple. Yep. So I see that and I'm just like, come on, church, we can yeah. do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. We can do that. You can bring aside the young, charismatic leader. Like I'm, t- I'm talking about myself, you know, like 
you can bring me aside and say, hey, I don't think you taught that well. Yeah. Or like, I don't think that's right. And you do it gently and with respect and you do it kind. Like, I hope I have that same disposition yeah. as I can go to other leaders mm -hmm. because that, that brings unity. Yeah. Let's land the plane if you guys are cool with that. Yeah. What's our hope with unity? What's that the, the world may know. That the world may know. <laughs> that we fulfill yeah. Jesus' prayer for That's us. Good. I mean, really, yeah. John 13, right? By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So good. Like, and loving one another is at the foundation of being unified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There I, think, is, I think it's actually one of the greatest missional tools. Unity is the greatest missional tool we can have. We just don't do it well. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's radically different. <clears throat> radically. Mm -hmm. Radically different. Insane. Well, uh, Mary and Joseph. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. You Sorry. just don't get a. You just don't get nope, a good picture. No, nope, not like that. You get the Correct. beginning. Oh, you get the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You're right. At the beginning, it's just betrothal. So it's but not they even... get married. You're right. Then after marriage, then after but, marriage, but you Joseph see, you see a beauty. Uh, I think. I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he not get mentioned again? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Yeah, that's probably some good. I don't know. I'm just trying. I, you you got me rolling on this. Like I just had to go through. <laughs> Ben's all gonna of go my study it. You should. I don't know. I just someone said that, that's, and I didn't. That do is it. good though. And, and but so in good. a ministry setting, in a leadership setting, yep. you yeah. don't see a couple doing ministry together mm -hmm. in the in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I want to finish is I just want to I want to pray yeah. for unity and pray mm -hmm. for the people listening, and then we'll peace out. Sound good? Yeah. All right, Father, thank you for just this time where we get to chat about unity. But as much as we want to talk about it and learn about it, we need to be about it. And so would you help us as a three sitting in this table and then every single person listening or watching, would you help us to lead in unity, to be someone who will go forth in prayer and pray for the Christians around us? Maybe we don't agree on everything theologically, or we don't we don't think what they're doing is exactly perfect, or we, we just disagree in passions and where those align. But God, can we be prayerful and ask, would you raise up a generation of people? Would you raise up a church? that looks like the city on the hill that it's meant to be? Would we all come together under the, the banner gospel mission of Jesus and just step forward in your in your people? Would we be encouraging to one another? Would we support and help one another? Would we gently rebuke and correct one another? Would you just lead us by your spirit this week as we go and we try to pursue unity? And will we do that for Jesus' glory and for building the kingdom? And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Peace out, Oasis people. Bye. See ya.